If three is a magic number, then six must be even better. We watched Mr. Osamatsu and we're here to answer the question, was it a kawaii disappointment? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Kawaii Disappointment, your weekly journey through the worlds of anime. With you, as always, is me, your host, producer, Weeb of All Trades, and sad boy, Middlesex Tuplet, PJ. I'm the other, I guess, one of the sex tuplets. One of them? There are six of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of the other ones, because PJ took the one I was going to be. I, too, am a sad boy. Skylar. And joining us today, the secret seventh Matsu sibling, Lauren Matsu, otherwise just known as Lauren. Yeah, you can call me Lauren, because I'm that teacher who says you can call them by their first name. Unlike Mr. Osamatsu, who you have to call by his last name, I would propose. I guess? Because this week we are watching Mr. Osamatsu as we continue through Comedy Month. Lauren, why don't you tell me, based on the name alone, Mr. Osamatsu, what did you think this anime was going to be about? Uh, The only thing I could equate to this was Mr. Rogers. So I'm thinking it's a beautiful day in Mr. Osamatsu's neighborhood. Um, He's going to (laughs) be hanging out with people. Um, He's going to be teaching us that our differences are what make us unique. We shouldn't be ashamed of them. And he's going to put his slippers on every time he comes through his door. So it's like we're just doing another Life Lessons with Udobichi Onisa. Except this one's going to be happy, not... Happy wholesome. (laughs) It's the middle ground between Sakamoto and Udobichi. Exactly. You have to have a, you know, like one of those scales. This is the middle. Okay. Once you saw the poster, did your thoughts change at all? They absolutely did because um, this is a very hectic neighborhood. (laughs) So (laughs) that was a little shaken. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, Clearly then... These have to be Mr. Osamatsu's children and his neighbors. Um, and I changed it to uh, a good old wholesome family sitcom. Okay. Like getting some family ties up in here. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know, it's this Mr. Belvedere. This is Mr. Belvedere. Mr. Sure. Belvedere. Mr. Belvedere. Mr. Yeah. Belvamatsu. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so let's kind of talk about this hectic poster. Let's talk about this cast of this sitcom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go kind of top to bottom. Ooh. So at the very, very tippy top, we have this bald man flying through the air in large boxer. I said that he's one of the neighbors. Um, He and the chicken clearly have um some sort of rivalry going on. Oh, my God. I, just, I don't I said, you know, it's casual. It's it's more whimsical. And uh, these two are neighbors that are fighting all the time. Now, I fear you are talking about the wide faced person breathing fire. Yeah. I said the bald man flying through the air in the large boxes. I don't see that person. Look to the top left of the poster. Oh, that's a person? I thought it was the top of a tower. What? Yeah, no, I thought it, that was like the spire on the tower. I didn't realize that was a person. But you know what? He's another one of the neighbors. He flies, I guess, around and brings shenanigans. <laughs> okay, so then you have answered my question for who what do you think about this wide-faced person breathing fire cool, uh, yeah. at this chicken? Yeah, yeah. Then let's move on to our first bull cut boys I will be referring to them. <laughs> uh the the bull cut boy on the roof uh kind of uh flipped into a U-shape while nude. Yes, you know, casually. It's his house. He can do whatever he wants, I guess. Honestly. 
honestly, that's one of the brothers. So I, by my math, which is usually never right, there are six brothers. And based on that, I assigned them personalities uh, according to other existing characters in media. If we're going to go through the brothers. Yeah. Let's hold. Let's go through every other character then. Let's do that. Okay. Brothers are kind of the focal point here. I don't want us to end with like the ramen shop guy. So let's talk about the three other characters in the poster. So we have this girl looking out from the balcony. That lady in purple. She is their direct next door neighbor. And she really loves this crazy family. She visits a lot. She's very sweet. She's the only one of them with a brain and kind of takes care of everybody in the house. Okay. And then this man in the purple suit with large teeth i said think kramer from seinfeld he is also a neighbor and he is off his rockers crazy and just comes in does his bit and leaves yeah Yeah. okay i love that for us i (laughs) think that's very sitcom vibe yeah that's very sitcom-y and then the only other non-bowl cut boy character we Mm -hmm, have mm -hmm. this bald man in the ramen stand i said that that is another neighbor and he is the steve urkel of the show where he comes in and everything just goes wrong he makes everything hectic and awful and then he leaves did i do that did i do that Uh, okay okay i'm liking that you know we've got a good mix we have a kramer we have an urkel Mm -hmm. we've got the chicken and peter bit from family guy oh my god yes that's exactly what i thought (laughs) (laughs) um so let's go through our cast of bowl cut boys the six bowl cut boys okay so these bowl cut boys are our brothers based on their colors i assigned them huey dewey and louie which are Donald's nephews, and then April, May, and June, which are Daisy's nieces, because all of the colors miraculously fit the color schemes of those characters. And then I also gave them other like personality traits. So the one on top, the nude one. You know, the naked duck. <laughs> the naked duck. Technically, they only wear shirts. Still not naked. <laughs> it's true. They, I put that one in the quote-unquote the yellow category, who is June. That's the spazzy and erratic one. Wow, Lauren. You put the Asian naked man as yellow? No, no, that's the yellow color scheme of the ducks. Oh, my God. (laughs) Ah, My canceled? I can be canceled. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's the yellow shirt that the duck wears. So the spazzy erratic one, I also assigned them dwarves, and that's dopey. Okay, and then uh, the brooding one with the cat above his head? The brooding one in purple is April. He is just clearly over everything and like doesn't give a shit. Uh, I said that one was sleepy. Just, you know, it's a tired over it boy. And then uh, the one with the sunglasses and leather jacket. The one with the sunglasses and leather jacket. That's Dewey. He's the brains. He's grumpy, though. So I said that he's uh, grumpy slash Dewey and he's the brains of the brothers. This very hipster beanie flannel one. That one is Louie, or he's bashful, because he's the emotional one of the brothers. This fedora shorts one, it's almost very like a Cuban uh, Miami getup. It really is. He's super cool. Uh, his shorts look pink to me, though, which fits the, the May vibe for the, the nieces. So he's May and or happy for the dwarves. He is the youngest one, and he is clearly the most sociable. And then let's get to our final of the brothers. Uh, We have the one in the hoodie drinking a beer. That is Huey, because he's wearing red. He's also Doc from the dwarves. He's the leader. He's the oldest (laughs) brother. So... Red is always the leader. Red is always the leader. Well, red is a color of power and, like, 
position. That's why you shouldn't mm. wear red to red to an interview because it seems presumptuous. Reverse psychology, though. We're not only showing you guys anime, we're teaching you interview skills. <laughs> okay, well, is Mr. Osamatsu on this poster or not? Oh, no, I'm so sorry. He's not. That was one of my big things. I was like, I'm going bold here and I'm saying he's not here on this poster. He's somewhere else. Okay, so I, uh, what do you think Mr. Osamatsu's like? God, he's the father of the six boys. I think he is in way over his head. I don't see a, f- a mother myself in this family. That's typical uh, sitcom. So if this is a 90s sitcom, either he has adopted these six boys or he was like the workaholic father and then his wife died and now he has to be a stay-at-home dad to these six boys and he just doesn't know how to handle them. I think it's the second one because that one <laughs> sounds way more exciting. Such a full house. <laughs> a literal full house. Oh my God. <laughs> If I had six kids, I'd fucking kill myself. Oh my and in God. this full house, family matters. <laughs> and we're going to take it all day by day, step, step by, by step. step. <laughs> and you know what? These people are going to have to learn the rules of engagement with each other. And they're going to have to go through growing pains. Uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, it's just going to be a great, delightful little sitcom. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's see how how quirky how TGIF this sitcom Shut gets up. <laughs> <laughs> by watching episodes one and two of Mr. Otsumatsu. Heads up for those of you that actually do uh, watch along with us. Episode one of Mr. Otsumatsu is not uh, available on any streaming website, so find yourself a little uh, a little risky click link somewhere to watch episode one. Just DM me; I'll send it to you. <laughs> DM Skylar; she'll send you a link to a legal streaming website. Absolutely. Absolutely 100% legal. That's how I watched it. With that said, yeah, we're going to watch episodes one and two of Mr. Osamatsu, and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. All right, we're back. We watched episodes one and two of Mr. Osamatsu. Lauren, what did you think? This is unlike anything I have ever seen. I had no idea what I was getting into, but I thought it was very funny, and I really enjoyed myself. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this is um as wild as something like a Sakamoto or as like subversive as something like an Udamichi is. Mm-hmm. This is the only comedy this month specifically that falls into this real comedy genre, mm. which which is very big in Japan. They love their like surrealist comedy. Okay, and Mr. Osamatsu, the original original, which we'll talk to a little bit in housekeeping, mm. was one of the biggest uh, surreal comedies uh, of its time and I'm glad it's kind of kept that tradition going but let's kind of see how we got there by going through some quick housekeeping. So Mr. Osamatsu is a continuation of the 1960s anime Osamatsu-kun with the manga having been written by Fujio Akatsuka that ran in weekly Shonen Sunday from April 1962 to January 1969. The anime was directed by Akira Shigino and ran from February 1966 to March of 1967 for 56 episodes on MB Yes. The follow-up series was also directed by Shigino and ran from February 1988 to December 1989 for 86 episodes on Fuji TV. This revival, Mr. Osamatsu, was written by Yoichi Fujita and produced by Studio Piero for TV Tokyo, airing from October 2015 to March 2021 for 75 total episodes. 
The series was done to celebrate Akatsuka's 80th birthday. Along with the anime, there is mm-hmm. a new manga that ran in You Magazine and is now in Cookie Magazine that began in January 2016, written by Masako Shitara, and is still ongoing with a current eight volumes. Wow. There's also a novel by Yu Mitsuru that released July 2016, a game for the PS Vita that released June 2017, a ONA titled D Matsusan that ran for 12 episodes from January to March in 2018, and a Mr. Osamatsu movie movie that released in March 2019 by the same creative team as the show. So quite a lot of history with a few big gaps in the middle of it all. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah, absolutely. I figured it had been revived just because of the first, like, first few minutes. Yeah, basically (laughs) the first episode where they're like, how are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? I was like, I bet. Modernized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's talk about what those episodes contain. When the sextuplet Matsuno Brothers, Osamatsu, Karamatsu, Koromatsu, Ichimatsu, Yushimatsu, and Totomatsu learn that Osamatsu-kun is getting a brand new anime, they have doubts that their Showa-era gags will cut it in a modern-day anime. Thus, the brothers end up revamping themselves as a colorful Bishonen idol anime in which they are all handsome idols with unique looks and personalities. However, after performing various feats such as saving the Earth from a meteor and somehow killing Totoko with their charms, <laughs> the burden of being in a popular anime proves to be too much for the brothers. Showa era bodies to handle. Things soon get hectic when more characters appear in their rebooted forms, and the whole thing inevitably descends into a mishmash of parodies and blatant copyright infringement. <laughs> Forced to go back to the drawing board, the brothers end up spending the next 10 years doing absolutely nothing, at which point the actual anime begins. 10 years later, the scene starts off with the sex templates at an employment office. Otsumatsu responds that he wants a job where he can be a human legend. Katamatsu wants a job of silence and solitude. Kotomatsu hands the office worker his agenda of places he wants to work. Ichimatsu Matsu doesn't have a preference and calls himself unburnable trash. <laughs> Yushimatsu waves his arms around, and Totomatsu asks a female worker if she's single. The next scene has the sex tablets in a bar drinking beer. Kotomatsu complains that since they're adults now, they need to find a job. They then leave the bar with Kotomatsu being the drunkest and Ichimatsu passed out. Totomatsu then notices Yami and Osamatsu asks him for money. Yami then says that since they were spoiled since they were little, they've grown to be monsters. Yami tells the sex tablets that he has work and doesn't have all the time in the world and tells them that he works as a recruiter and is looking for people who can do the job. They accept and then they arrive at the black factory where everything is black, including the instruction manuals. As he wonders what to do now, now, he notices a man standing on top of the factory. He asks the man what kind of product the factory makes, and the man responds saying not to worry about it, and he won't tell them because it's illegal, and demands they get to work right away. Afterwards, they are sent off to bed. Later that night, Osamatsu wakes up and says that Yami tricked them, and the sextuplets head then do a midnight run and successfully escape the factory. After the job at the factory, the sextuplets realize what was really important to them, and they can just do a little at a time. Osamatsu is seen working at a restaurant and asks his boss to use the bathroom. Instead of using the bathroom, Osamatsu goes out to the back and swaps out his place with Katamatsu, showing that they are each just doing one-sixth of a shift throughout the day. Genius. <laughs> episode 2 part 2 starts off on what appears to be a card game being played by the sex templates however when the camera zooms out it is revealed that osamatsu is just playing by himself he then gets bored and walks out of the house wondering where his brothers have gone to while walking osamatsu spots a sign for a nya hashimoto concert inside the concert kodomatsu and some other guys are cheering for nya hashimoto after the concert kodomatsu is in line for a photo with nya and then he is in next in line to meet nya but osamatsu went ahead first he then thanks nya for taking care of his brother and asks her to have sex with him nya is left speechless by this 
this. Kotomatsu then beats up Otsumatsu for his embarrassing moment. The next scene has Osamatsu spotting Katamatsu on a bridge. Katamatsu attempts to do a cool pose in front of some girls, but the girls just think he's being creepy. Osamatsu then tries to get Katamatsu's attention by scaring him, but then Katamatsu falls off the bridge, and he isn't pleased by this and gives his brother a bump on the head. Osamatsu then walking around a shopping center where he spots Totomatsu with a couple of girls. He tries to say hi to Totomatsu, but his brother says, do I even know you? And walks away. With Osamatsu feeling like he can't trust his brothers anymore, he spots Ichimatsu running into an alleyway. Osamatsu then follows him and sees him playing with a cat, then Ichimatsu holds up the cat and they fuse together and he transforms into a cat-like human. Osamatsu then spots Jushimatsu swimming really fast and ignoring him. The following scene has Osamatsu eating at Chibita's Odin shop. Osamatsu tells him that he hasn't been getting along with his brothers as he explains why. After the explanation, Chibita tells him that it's Osamatsu's fault for making things hard for them. Chibita also mentions that one of the reasons why he hated him as a kid was because of jealousy as Chibita doesn't have any siblings. Osamatsu then snaps and says how annoying it is to have siblings. He then walks out of the shop. Upon returning home, Osamatsu finds his brothers playing cards with Shinosuke, whom they call new Osamatsu, much to the actual Osamatsu's dismay. The episode ends with him throwing Shinosuke out of the window, and that's episode so one and two of Mr. Osamatsu. This definitely, you could tell that like it's from the 60s because of it's their just, bowl cuts. Oh yeah, definitely the bowl cuts. <laughs> it's just, it's also, it has like a very classic slapstick, like quick humor mm-hmm. about it. Very much so. I did want to ask because I only caught like two references in the first episode. So it was like nothing but references. Okay, so I kind of have like a running list here. Oh, damn. So did I. Both of you did? So Skylar, you can uh, fill in what I missed because I know I have some question marks as I go. Okay. So the Bishonen uh, idol anime, that is like kind of a genre into itself. But I will say, and this is maybe my own bias because it is like the only Bishonen idol anime I know. It specifically reminded me of Utano Prince-sama, which is an anime that we have done on the podcast. Heck, uh, super duper check out our Utano Prince-sama episode. So... They play with a lot of tropes of the genre, like them all being the heirs to this multi-million dollar conglomerate group and being mm-hmm. the school princes and all mm-hmm. that jazz. Mm-hmm. It's a very popular shoujo stereotype. Yeah. So once things start going awry, the sports enter. We get <laughs> Haikyuu for sure. Yeah. Uh, the volleyball anime. Kuroko basketball. And I couldn't remember the name of the biking anime. Yowamushi pedal. Oh, Yowamushi Pedal. Yes, 100%. Yowamushi Pedal. People love Yowamushi Pedal. And then um, we cut out into the Wall Maria-ass Attack on Titan reference, <laughs> which is when you have Chibita as one of the Colossal Titan, as mm-hmm. the Colossal Titan. Yes. Uh, and as they start attacking it and it starts ending, you have then several more characters come in. You have Naruto, Ichigo <laughs> from Bleach, Goku, Sailor Moon, mm-hmm. Pokemon, mm-hmm. and a few other anime. Uh, Skylar, did you catch any of the other ones? Uh, they're doing Assassination Classroom. What did they do from an Assassination Classroom? Uh, Asumatsu did an Assassination Classroom. I think he was the one with the head. Oh, like Koro-sensei. So yeah, there was just reference after reference, which indicatively something that we talked about earlier is why this episode is like not available to stream anywhere right because i mean it goes from like parodying the animes to just straight up having those characters be in it yes (laughs) along with like their music and their art style and stuff so it got to the point where they had to pull it due to like 
copyright, copyright concerns. And licensing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, the thing that I said was towards the end. One of the most important ones that happened in the beginning, um, you see them all wearing a jacket that says F6 on it. Which is a direct mm-hmm. reference to F4, which is Boys Over Flowers. All my <laughs> shoujo baddies know. Let me tell you, there is no other protagonist that is abused as much as the protagonist in Boys Over Flowers. I've seen, oh, no. I've seen the Korean drama, the Taiwanese drama, the Japanese drama, the anime. The only thing I haven't done was fully read the manga yet. It is hard. <laughs> Also, you have uh, just the the top um, the typical boy love, specifically the Kaoru and Hikaru mm-hmm. like parody. I they do, do love though <laughs> that it isn't intentional. It's very much like oh yeah, when they do the Kabadon to Todoko, yes, and then he's like, "This is how you get a point across," and he does the Kabadon to his brother, and he's like, "Why are you doing this?" <laughs> So, but yeah, going through episode one, you have obviously um, the biggest, biggest thing they do, yeah, is to be shown in idol anime. You have like the innocent girl that they all fawn over for no reason. Mm-hmm. You have like them being heirs to some group. Uh, Saving the being- world? Well, let me get there. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. They all they all fill a different stereotype or role, right? Like kind of like when you are building a boy band. But yeah, the casual superhero part, not typical in be shown in idol anime. <laughs> right. I was where they're wondering. randomly like, "All right, F six, go!" And then-, and then they destroyed a meteor that was going to collide with the Earth. <laughs> and then, like, you have like the American, like, legit, just American, yes, uh, military being like, "It's what a miracle." Hell? Yes. I, all of a sudden, it was in English, and it was in the American uh, accent, and I was like, "Oh my god, what the fuck." <laughs> Yeah, it's so jarring because a lot of times when anime do switch to English, like as you saw in The Great Pretender. The Great Pretender, it's just Japanese people speaking English. Yeah. But no, like they clearly just got English voice actors. They did. Uh, I loved it though. It was so funny. But I I just love that the show is literally like, no, we're not going to modernize because they don't know how to be anything other than themselves. That was really sweet. And but I do themselves like the... is trash. Themselves are Unvertible trash. Unvertible trash. I do like the, the art style that they end on, though. Like the With one the that they Garfield maintain. the Garfield eyes? Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of like they're, it's essentially their original art style, just modernized. Modernized, a yeah. Bit. Exactly. Yeah, I liked it. A lot. I thought it was really cute. I had a fun time, though, with the the boy band. <laughs> I mean, heck, at some point, you could definitely go through some of... Uh, we can go through some of those we shown in Idol Anime. I mean, <laughs> I, I think I would have a really fun time. <laughs> Let me show you super duper quick uh, oh. some of the original series art. I mean, it, it looks exactly the same. I'm so excited. Wow so cute so as you can see like the art style is very similar but it's clearly just evolved into something different but it has you know a very of its era like it seems something like a like an astro boy like a garfield kind Mm -hmm. of vibe. yeah very much so oh they're so sweet (laughs) i love that after all of the insanity of episode one it literally ends with them being like you know what we're gonna find our own voice and it's like and then they did nothing for 10 years (laughs) That's me, though. It's like, you know what? I'm going to do things that I want to do, and then you do nothing. Not to kind of continue to make comedy month depressing, but you know what? Comedy is just tragedy plus timing. Yeah. Yeah, 
Exactly. Yeah. Plus time. 10 years, baby. But like this also tackles like this whole anime, I feel tackles like a very important thing to millennials as well, which is kind of that not knowing what to do with your life. Yes. Like, and not knowing how to find yourself. Like, literally the entire first episode is them trying to pretend to be what they think will work. Mm -hmm. And then realizing, like, no, we need to be ourselves. And then not knowing what to do for another 10 years because they cannot figure out who the fuck they are. And then finally having to find jobs. (laughs) And then finally having to find jobs because they have no choice. And then still just not finding Finding joy or happiness in it. That factory was horrifying i thought it was really funny though the black instructions on the the black paper <laughs> i love so much about that episode i love so, <laughs> how casually when they ask yami for money i do like he's like well what do you need it for like he was kind of willing to give them money yes and when they're like oh because we're gonna go play uh like pachinko machines he and he's like no i just nothing made me laugh harder in these two episodes than them just casually beating his car with bats <laughs> some cute little yakuza's they're oh just like bop, he does bop, too. Bop, bop, bop. like it's not even rough <laughs> no it's just oh my god it's so funny because it cuts- just like the black factory that makes illegal things and everything is black the sign the instructions everything is black at the black I factory <laughs> just how long the like the boss is going on and he's just like yeah i'm gonna tell you that i'm not actually gonna tell you but like i am gonna tell you but i can't tell you i'm not gonna do it but here's the here's the sitch the sitch is i'm not gonna tell you <laughs> <laughs> Like, even before the Black Factory, it was a really, really, really small scene, but they were hanging out at the pool, and one of the brothers was like, aren't Aesop's fables fucked up? And they did this skit, and then he turns around, he goes, it's weird, right? I was laughing so fucking hard. (laughs) (laughs) I like, uh, because it's around the same time as when he's, like, fishing with the love letter, right? Yes. Yes, Yes, it's the same scene. It's super self-aware, and it makes all these very, like, like, funny references. Absolutely. Yeah, it's super fourth wall breaking, which is yes. like the first. This is the first fourth wall breaker of the shows that we've mm-hmm. watched. Mm-hmm. You could argue Otomichi kind of breaks the fourth wall, but not really because they're talking to the audience of Otomichi Onisan. Like, uh, exactly. not Otomichi Onisan. They're talking to the audience of Mornings with Maman or whatever that anime, their show is called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This straight just breaks the fourth wall on a regular basis. So much. It was so funny. I really liked it. I loved the interview process where you got to see oh, yeah. each brother so distinctly because, you know, you see them in passing and interacting, but this was one on one and you really got their personalities perfectly within the like five seconds that you saw them. It was incredible. Yeah. And I mean, again, for characters who are identical, it's it's somewhat easy to distinguish them. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. right because Osamatsu being the oldest brother and always kind of like thorn in everyone's side but like and the, the red know, he... shirt the red shirt but always you know I mean, there but there are parts where they all are wearing the same outfit but it's kind of still personality shines through yeah they all kind of they all obviously have a very different personality they all kind of fill very different roles which is why i think it was perfect for them to be in a bishonen anime because that's kind of what that's always all about right yeah and then we have like what was super delightful in the part two, which is where you start getting mm. the uh, Osamatsu kind of like realizing he doesn't like A, know his brother that, brothers that well, and that B, maybe he doesn't even like his brothers that much. Yeah. <laughs> 
His brothers were pretty mean to him. I like how each of these episodes, and I think, you know, it's just the crux of it being like, realistically, this episode two is a real episode one. Episode yes. one is almost like a gag introduction. Very much so. But episode two being like, honestly, the actual episode one, <laughs> it's really there to teach you about each of the characters. Yeah. Uh, because the first bit, you have like the job hunting scene where they're each with a recruiter and you get to see each of their different personalities. Mm-hmm. My favorite, obviously, being Ichimatsu being like, I don't want a job. I hate this. I hate my life. And I'm unburnable trash. The second he said <laughs> that, I was like, that's going to be PJ's favorite character. <laughs> I relate Uh, so much. You're (laughs) like, wait, that's a character? I thought that was just me. (laughs) Honestly, I wish I had gone with Karumatsu in my intro because, like, I definitely identify with the trying to be cool, but, like, you're just a fucking nerd. Kodamatsu is his consistent failure to be cool is so fucking funny. I know, I love it. I like how when he's just sitting there in episode 2.2, when he's just sitting there uh, during his like character uh, personality reveal moment, Mm -hmm. and he's just imagining the girls being like, Who's that cool guy over there? Oh my god. God, He's so hot. And then like it cuts to reality and they're like, Why the fuck is that fucking freak staring at us? (laughs) He looks so fucking weird. And I love that Toromatsu is actually casually super popular with women. Yes. Like when he's like walking, because he's the one that gets the the worker's number when he's mm-hmm. doing his recruitment scene. And then in episode two, he's the one just walking down with two girls. And yeah, he's like, shopping. Don't know who you are, bruh. It's because he's the fashion one. He is fashion. He was the one with the hat in the poster, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he is fashion. Konnichiwa, my fellow weebs. Sorry for the delay in this week's episode, but as Ian Malcolm once said, life uh, finds a way to get in the way of you working on your podcast. If you're missing your kawaii disappointment fix this week with a delayed episode, then look no further than our Patreon. Check out our reduced redo on Kakaguri out now. Then dropping early next week, we will be releasing our anime pitch meeting bonus episode where we pick one of Lauren's wilder predictions and try to build an anime around it. And it's honestly some of the most fun I've ever had recording an episode. Whether you're excited for those two bonus episodes for the next redo or any of the other bonus content we have planned to come down the pipeline, you can find us on Patreon by searching Kawaii Disappointment or by going to patreon.com slash kawaiidesupod. Shout out to our wonderful patrons, all three currently super desu patrons, our $5 tier, Nene Killua, Magical Girl Charlotte, and Brad the Bard. You're all pretty kawaii desu in my book. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at KawaiiDesuPod, or go to KawaiiDesuPod.com for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O-D.com. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes. It really does help. We will see you all again next week as we wrap up Comedy Month with the disastrous life of Psyche K. Now, back to the podcast. You know what? That is honestly such a testament to the good character building and character design work that you are able to pick that out. And you honestly could. Going back to that poster, it's pretty easy to tell who each one of them is. Absolutely. And you can tell after you've been introduced to each of them and know their personalities, you can look. And even though you might not know their names, you know which one is what personality. Yeah. And you don't spend a lot of time with each of them comparatively like if you look at the whole episode's timestamp and how much time you spend with each brother they accomplished so much with the time that they had and 
it was just so cool to be able to walk away and know who each character was having not seen this and having no history with it. It's honestly a really good study in a really good characterization. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. And how to differentiate characters in a story. And six identical characters, too. Exactly. It's especially uh, a real triumph there. So good. I think my least favorite brother is the uh how do you say jushimatsu jushimatsu that's officially what we're gonna call him jushimatsu he is the weirdest one is that he's the one with the arms flailing he's the one that flailed his arms and the one that um was just swimming swimming by He's the dopey. He's dopey. Yeah. And even Osamatsu was like, I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> He's him. like, you know what? I want to know what my brothers are doing, but maybe not that bad. Maybe not that one. Oh, my God. It was um, so yeah. Jushi Matsu. Again, my apologies. <laughs> Jushi Matsu. I'm sorry. He's, he's definitely like the airhead of the group. He's I'll, I'll kind of read you like one. their official descriptions. Osamatsu is the eldest uh, and a self proclaimed leader. He's an avid gambler, spends time playing pachinko and betting on horses, often Good wears red. Yep. Katamatsu is the second born, believes himself to be cooler and more popular than he really is, and calls his fan girls Katamatsu girls. He occasionally <laughs> adds English words to his sentences, and his distinguishing feature is his thick eyebrows, and Lady often dresses in blue, though he occasionally sports a leather jacket. Kodamatsu is the third born and most responsible of the sex templates, often mm-hmm. acts as a straight man to his siblings, but also is a total otaku, and his distinguishing features are his angular mouth, smaller pupils, and lack of a cowlick. I do like that there are different character traits in them that I super didn't notice until I'm reading this. Yeah. Oh my god, now I'm going back to the poster. I'm like, it's true. Ichimatsu is the fourth born and the sharp-tongued loner of the group. His distinguished <laughs> features are his tired eyes, scruffy hair, hunched back, and he often dresses in purple. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jushimatsu, again, sp- sorry, Jushimatsu, this uh, all over again. Is the very <laughs> oh, he's Inunasha. energetic, but also quite the airhead, often having no reaction to the wild goings on. Has mm-hmm. a wide open mouth and a single cowlick compared to his other brothers too, and often dresses in yellow. And Totomatsu, the youngest so most outgoing of the sex templates often uses his cuteness as a youngest brother to manipulate others. He has a smaller mouth and bigger pupils, and he often dresses in pink. There you go. See, I got all the colors right on their their shirts. Yeah, 100%. Boom. <laughs> uh, can I say, though, I think my favorite moment of outside of the, the bat beating scene <laughs> is the scene in episode two when Osamatsu just starts cursing up a fucking storm. <laughs> and he's like, essentially saying like, when he goes up to the idol and he's yes. like, hey, thank you for taking my brother. You should have sex with him. Sex with him. And he's like, why sex. would you say that? You can't. Yes. He's like, are they bleeping out sex? He's like, well, I think she should bleep your bleep. And I think you guys should bleep bleep to bleep bleep bleep. And I'm like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> Her horrified look. It was so funny. I was laughing so hard. It reminded me of that SpongeBob episode where they were bleeping out everything. The whale noise, the dolphin noises for the was, bleeps. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God. It was so funny. That episode, uh, I believe, is called Sailor Mouth. Mmm. Oh, my God. Also, Lauren. Skyler. Obviously, you probably could tell, but the way Japanese people say meow is Nia. Okay. N-Y-A-N. Because she was like, uh, she was cat styled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's how you say meow. 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 Which makes sense. I mean, every language 
kind of has a different way of doing onomatopoetic sounds, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. Like, you know, the fact that like Spanish in Spanish, instead of an H-A-H-A for a laugh, they do J-A-J-A. Yeah, because the, the J is an H sound. I believe in Japanese, instead of an LOL, they type out like a WWW. Uh- <laughs> do they? <laughs> and oh then in God. Russian, it's X-A-X-A. Which oh. is ha, ha, ha. That's so Russian, man. That's so hardcore. It is how pretty hardcore. How do you say meow in Russian? Wow. Come on, Google. You know how Russian has like those backwards R's? Yes. So it's M backwards R-Y, but the, the phonetical would be M-Y-A-U. Okay. M-Y-A-U. Meow. Similar to R's phonetically. Yes. Uh, I mean, they're yeah. all similar phonetically, right? Because at the end of the day, animals all make the same noise. But it's interesting how people take it, right? Spell we it. go with meow versus nyan for like cow sounds, like, you know, the <laughs> moo. moo. In Czech, they're actually boo. And boo. in Dutch, they're also boo. It's not a moo, it's a boo, which makes sense, right? It comes they're very spooky. guttural. It's like moo. <laughs> <laughs> they're ghost all ghost cows. cows. <laughs> 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 yeah so all shek and don't tell the vegetarians <laughs> dutch cows are ghosts we've all just been eating ghosts this so you know time. how um th- during the pandemic ghost kitchens popped up it's not because their fake kitchens run out of like warehouses it's because they only serve shek and dutch <laughs> cows <laughs> <laughs> that's what they've been Boo. hiding from us this whole time <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so Mr. Osamatsu is just like, it's a wild time to kind of get through. You have uh, all these references, you have all of this big personality work, and you also get like just very nonsensical. Again, it follows the comedy trope that you already got in like Sakamoto, and you'll get mm. even more so in next week's episode, Psyche K. Oh. But um, comedy animes are really adamant on timing being very important and, and comedy can't go too long without overstaying its welcome mm-hmm. so every almost every comedy anime is segments it's like bits it's like two 15 minute segments or in like the if it's a psyche k when we get to that it's like five like t- you know it's like five <laughs> five minute segments like oh wow because they're very much like no it's the humor comes in like the brevity and the abruptness of what's happening. There's yeah. nothing like worse than a person who's bad at telling jokes who just drags it on like way too long. Yeah. Unless that's what's funny about that's it. That's why I said bad at jokes. You understand <laughs> those jokes are already bad. So like but he you're does on top love them already. He does love those really long story filled jokes that go nowhere. Yeah, my favorite joke is a joke that by the end of it, someone is like, wow, you literally wasted 10 minutes of my life. That is so fucking good. <laughs> God, I absolutely love it. But Again, I love the lack of payoff that happens in shows like this, right? Like, you have, like, the episode with the Black Factory, and you just have, like, oh, yeah, they're making these robots of this guy. No payoff to that. It's not like it comes back in the next episode. No. And same thing in, like, this episode. Like, you have... Like, I feel like American comedy doesn't have that same sense of brevity outside of, like, children's shows. Mm, like i feel like something like a family guy would take a joke like this and really they're they focus too much on callbacks which are very important part of comedy but i feel like something like a family guy would have taken that bit with the robots and then the ending episode it would have seen the ending of the episode would have seen them like flying in and invading the town or something yeah but then they like malfunction because they were bad at like building robots yeah 
or the ending of like 2.5 would be like Osamatsu getting canceled for like offending Nya so much, you know? Like that's <laughs> I feel like how American comedy would have like taken these jokes and ran with them. Yeah, yeah. but Japanese too. comedy is very much like no, this is a joke end of story. Yeah, no, it's very brief. It's this is the segment and now it's over, but you know, it really keeps you engaged. At least it did for me because it was something brand new all the time and I didn't have to really pay attention to what was coming before like I do with other shows it was right. just it was very light and it was yeah. a delight but Look I swear I if you like look down for any amount of time you'll miss like three oh. different jokes Absolutely. and I was trying so hard to pause it while I was eating lunch today and I fucking mm. knocked over my whole cup of <gasps> hot chocolate all over the floor I was so embarrassed. Hair and makeup had to come over, and they were like, "Oh my god, let's help you!" And was, in my head, I was like, "Thank you," or like I was saying, "Thank you." But in my head, I was like, "You're making it worse. Just pretend you didn't see it. Let me do this myself." So we have to oh. announce today that Skylar is no longer a part of the Quiet Disappointment podcast because I am too embarrassed by this story and I cannot have her on anymore. Yeah, due Honestly, to hot dude, chocolate, though. My socks were fucking stained. I came back and Liz was like, are you bleeding? Because like I had like brown spots all over my fucking socks. Oh, no. And I was like, no. <laughs> She's like, it looks like your leg is bleeding. Like dried blood. Oh, my yeah. fucking God, Skylar. That's horrifying. That is horrifying. But you know what's not horrifying? It's the music to this anime. <laughs> it's very <Right>. cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the music of Mr. Osamatsu uh, by do. talking about that opening and outro. Very unique outro on this anime, but we'll get there when we get there. The opening is Hanamaru Pippi wa Yoi Kodake, which which is the Hanamata Wisu is only good for kids by AOP. Lauren, what did you think of that opening? It was very upbeat. It had a very classic sound to it. Um, at the beginning, I was unsure how I felt about the song. But as it went on, I loved it more and more. And by the end of it, I was like dancing with the song. It was a really fun time. Yeah, it very much fits the classic um, sh- like Showa era anime like vibe. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. I would, I assume, have to agree. I love the colors. It's just something fun to look at, and I love it. It's yeah. so cute. I agree with Lauren. It's something, it's it's definitely a toe tapper. Yeah, it sure you was. You gotta tap your toe <laughs> yeah. when you listen to it. It's got a it. very fun energy, a very fun vibe. And it's just yeah. a, a series of absurd visuals. Like the yeah. part where like one of their heads is like cut into like peaches and then they become six of them that then turn into the boys yeah like, it's it's yeah. just wild it's just like an acid trip it's very 60s you know very 60s. absurd 
Yeah, yeah. No, it fits a total vibe, but it's a great song. A wonderful time. Yeah. Let's talk about our outro song, question mark, song. Question mark. Uh, so our closing <laughs> song rap? is Six Same Faces, Konya Wa Saiko, which is Six Same Faces, Tonight is the Best, by Kenichi Suzumara, Takahiri Sakurai, Yuichi Nakamura, Hiroshi Kamiya, Jun Fukuyama, Daisuke Ono, and Miyuru and Miyu Iruno, aka the voice actress for Yami and the Matsuno brothers. Because they're just talking the entire time. They are. It's they just really there's only like one part that's a song. And that was like near the end. Because the entire rest of it is just them as the design on like red bean cakes talking to each other. Yes. (laughs) But I thought it fit really well and I liked I've never seen an outro like that before visually and it was really captivating. It definitely made me hungry. It definitely made me hungry for those like pancakes filled with red bean paste. They're so good. Have you had them, Lauren? I haven't. Okay, they have some at Daiso. Let's get some before we hang out with them. (gasps) I'm so excited. I will say the little like 20 seconds of song you actually get in this, actually pretty good. I really liked it. Very good. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, they don't sing well, but you feel it in your heart. Yeah, no, it fits a total vibe. It's very, honestly, kind of... a slow jammy which kind of fits with the like talk singing mm-hmm. it's it's definitely a weird vibe that i don't even think they intended i just picked up this very like i don't know i like you it. know yeah i i got that like it was kind of that old sitcom vibe like there was part of it was like that kind of sounds like the seinfeld like show riff and the then thing. show me a smile no i'm going a different direction I'm right. yeah 100 <laughs> right, right but you know there were like parts of it that were like callbacks and it was very at points it was very 70s and like it was so much fun uh yeah but it's barely a song but there is something there mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is why i'm curious to see where we go with it in our next segment what modern or contemporary artists do you think would have done a good job with these anime intros and outros lauren why don't you tell me who you think would have done a good job with the opening the hanamuto whistle is only good for kids so for the intro i really was um focusing on the vocals and that upbeat vibe that we got from it and so i picked the go-go's the go-go's oh. phenomenal choice oh my god what That's a great choice a, i'm so mad Oh no! Wow, Lauren just blew both of us out of the water. Does not matter what we say. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) I never thought this would ever happen. Uh, What a great choice! The Go Go's killed it. Killed it. Uh, I feel embarrassed that I thought of anyone other than the Go Go's. Damn it! It's way better than mine. I went with the Bangles. The Bangles is a great choice. That's a really good choice. And and can I say I went with Le Tigre, which all three great bands that came up. With a with that have a similar sound, but the Go Go's is the king, the queens, I guess, of what this specific sound is. Yeah, totally killed it. I think all three great choices. The Go Go's yes. just the best choice. I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, well, you know what? I'm glad that we're all basically in agreement with this one, though, because I was a little worried at first that the vibe was going to be super weird to mm. land, but we landed all pretty well. I think so. Yeah, I agree. So let's move on then to Six Same Faces. Tonight is the best. Lauren, who did you pick for that one? This one was a journey, but at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? They kind of have talking and some singing in their songs. Let's go with the B-52s. <laughs> Oh, oh, the B-52s is good. For a second, when you said Toggy and something, I was like, is she about to say 21 pilots? Because I disagree. <laughs> I can ride a bike with no handlebars. That is not the 21 pilots. That is not. No, I was very much going for like Rock Lobster. <laughs> Skylar actively just singing the wrong songs. <laughs> 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 handlebars is by Flowbots. Oh. They don't even sure? sound similar, like, at all. Like, I guess a vibe would be similar, but the sa- their vocals are so different. Mm. I went with, and hear me out here. Hear me out here? <laughs> Think oh, about no. it for, like, a minute. I went with Barry White. Oh, Barry White? Because I think he'd be great. He does a lot of talking in his songs. Yes. And he and <laughs> I think I got a lot baby. of slow jam love music in the final singing part. So it reminded me For so sure. much of the fir- you're the first my last my everything. Right. <gasps> oh my god, it's perfect. The, what a great what a choice. fun song to dance to oh, on Just seriously. Dance, by love the way. Love that. Love that song on Just Dance. Anyways, I yeah, went Skyler. with <laughs> Go, go. <laughs> I went with Lonely Island. Oh, I think That's Lonely Island. I think the comedy vibe for sure. I, yeah, 100% and they do agree. a lot of like talking and singing. <laughs> they do both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think we all went with very different genres of music, but we all were like, who sings and talks? <laughs> and does it well. <laughs> I was looking at Little Dicky and I was like, no. No, he not raps Lil a little Dick- too 100% much. not Little Dicky. Yeah, no, not rapping, just talking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I like all of those choices, though. It was hard to land this one down because it's barely a song again. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Ooh, entire Lolo time Johnson. I was in. Like, like, Hobo Johnson it... doesn't fit this, though. No, I know. His not vibe, vibe is like cute, sad boy. Yeah. Which is one of the brothers, but not the song. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hobo Johnson is definitely Ichimatsu's favorite rapper. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, our new segment, what? What music, What musical artist would these characters really enjoy? <laughs> <laughs> that would be harder. It'd be so hard. But luckily, we don't have to do that segment. And we're done with this segment, which means it's time for us to take a quick break, watch some additional clips, some additional context, and get Lauren's closing thoughts on Mr. Osamatsu. So stay tuned. All right, we're back. We have Lauren watch some additional clips, some additional context, some additional gags, some additional shower era comedy. Lauren, tell me after all of that, what do you think of Mr. Osamatsu? I really like it. I like how they've adapted it for modern audiences, but are still paying homage to everything that came before it. Yeah, I really think it's such a fun way of doing like a revival. And yes. I do like that it's, you know, it's like almost like a birthday present to the original creator. Which is so sweet. Yeah, it's it's super cute. I really like it's my first time watching this too. It is? Yeah, Skylar had watched it and I had heard about it, but I had never watched it myself until this morning when I was prepping for this episode. And I, I back in the day, like was just yelling at PJ all the references. And this is before he watched uh like any idol anime or like even knew about Boys of Flowers. It's like you So don't like get it, it was a lot of it was lost on me, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. 
I mean, a lot of it was lost on me too. So thank you for explaining where they came, came <laughs> oh, from. Before. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Tell me, Lauren, did you end up with a favorite character? It's uh, Kodomatsu, the smart brother, the responsible one. I knew it'd be Kodomatsu. <laughs> yeah, it had to be. He's the smartest, most responsible one. He's me. <laughs> Yeah, and he's a total like nerd obsessive over something, which you can relate to. <laughs> exactly, it's over one thing, one thing, and that's what you obsess over, and the rest of the world like just passes you by. So we already discussed mine. Mine's Ichimatsu. Obviously. I absolutely love my fucking sad boy. <laughs> I love. I'll always gravitate to a character who is like, I hate my life, I hate everything, and that makes me so fucking funny. And Ichimatsu is easily the funniest part of the show to me. <laughs> Is he your favorite as well, Skylar, or do you have someone else? God, I love him so much, but I think it's Karamatsu. I just, I love how cool he thinks he is. Yeah, yeah I bet you can relate. <laughs> you thought you looked so cool, and then you spilled hot chocolate everywhere. Oh, yeah, in my work uniform. I was <laughs> so cool. <laughs> I literally lost half my lunch trying to clean up that mess. It was, it was honestly traumatizing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I love all of those characters. And so yeah, we have your thoughts. We have your favorite characters. So it's time we get to kind of the gist of it all. Mm. Um, you know, uh, this show was revived a few times. We had the 60s anime, the 80s anime, and now the 2010s anime. And in each era, they kind of were tackling a different theme, a different genre. Uh, and you know, now we're in the 2020s. And maybe it's time for a fourth Re, a fourth reimagining of Mr. Ooh. Osamatsu. But you know, I think it would need to have like some sort of gimmick behind it, right? Sure. And sure. I think the gimmick would be answering a question that okay. needs to be answered. Sure. So yeah. uh, I think I just need your help, Lauren, as a as a okay. professional writer. Right, of course. You know, I, I would just want your opinion on how we should resolve the question that we ask. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the question is, Lauren, would you keep watching Mr. Osamatsu? Yes, I absolutely would keep watching it. I find this very funny and it's, you know, a nice counter to how sad and boring life is sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Absurdity definitely finds its place in the times of sadness. Honestly. Oh yeah. But yeah, uh, absolutely exciting. I love that. Kawaii success in the book. Uh, three for three for Comedy Month, which you always <laughs> love to see. I will say I will also gladly continue watching this as someone Yay. who also just picked this up. Super duper quite success. Absolutely adored this anime. So yes, funny. It's so cute. I love it so much. All right. Well, with that, we have uh, a kawaii success in the book, but that's not where this ends. Oh, because I believe it's time for Is There an MV for That? AMV. Anime music videos. Is there an all right, Lauren, you know the rules. Give me a song and artist to Mr. Osamatsu. And I will say, it's just a, it's a very interesting anime. So try it's to be mindful yeah. that there might not be a ton of options. So if yeah. you don't get a ton of points, don't feel too down on yourself. You know, I'm anticipating I'm not going to walk away today with many points just um, because what this anime is. But I do like the choice that I came up with, even though I am 99% confident it doesn't exist. I chose The Boys Are Back in Town by Thin Lizzy. That's Can I so say, fucking funny. That's probably not going to exist, but fuck, is that I a know. great choice? Thank you. That's so, so perfect. Did you want to look it up, Skylar? Sure. Oh, on. yeah, because PJ also gets to play this week. I love double AMV. Um, there's not an AMV for Mr. O Osamatsu for The Boys Are Back in Town. 
that's that's okay. But maybe PJ will get some points because he gets to play this week too. All right, PJ, give me a best shot. God, it's it's so hard because again, I like we've said it's it's so it's specific. such a specific anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to think of something that would fit the vibe especially well. So I'm going to try to just kind of uh, fit the vibe of one of the specific boys. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Cat Girls Are Ruining My Life by Corpse. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I know it's not going to exist, but I knew it would get a laugh. And I would also love to see it. Because I don't know, there's something about Ichimatsu that gave me very big, like, Ichimatsu would really like corpse. Uh, And also, we had that amazing uh, cat girl obsession scene. Yes. Oh, I thought Ichimatsu was the one that uh, transforms into a cat. He he transforms transforms into a cat. And we have the scene with Nya, the cat girl idol. Yes. And that was with him, though? No, 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 it's not. I'm just saying that's also in the anime. So I can imagine there being clips from that. Ugh, yeah, no. There's of one for not. Tokyo Ghoul, though. No, actually, there isn't. That's just the official music video for Cat Girls Are Ruining My oh, Life. That's by it. Corpse, if you look. Corpse yep. posted that. I see that Corpse now. is a big Tokyo Ghoul fan. Good for, Good for Corpse. Them. So, as per, unfortunately, zero points in the book uh, on the pod. That's okay. As per usual, when we get zero points, it is time for us to go through the top three AMVs for the anime. I'm so curious what it, what there are. <laughs> Our number one is Royalty by Connor Maynard. So I would actually hesitate to call this an AMV because it's mostly images, just like pictures. Yeah, it's like a slideshow, a music slideshow. Our true number one is to uh, Get Ugly by Jason Derulo. <laughs> Jason Derulo, <laughs> Jason who just Derulo. beat someone up for calling him Usher. Yeah. Our second uh, AMV is to Mm Yeah by Austin Mahone, Mm, specifically over the idol section. Okay. Yep. That makes sense now. Okay. And then our number three AMV is to Shake Your Coconuts (laughs) by Junior Senior. (laughs) So those are the top three. Those are the vibes. I'm looking on just my phone. You're on the computer. But the third one for me is Dear Future Husband. See, that one is like three down from this to me. Interesting. Uh, But yes, the other honorable mention is Dear Future Husband by Megan Trainer. I do not think I would ever have thought of that for this. Uh, I wouldn't have either. I wouldn't have thought of any of these songs. Granted, I haven't heard of most of these. But Dear Future Husband, uh, a funny choice. Uh, But, you know, uh, yeah, again, unfortunately, zero points in the book. Or is it? Because... With that, it's time for the super secret, not so secret, bonus point. Is there an AMV for Evanescence Bring Me to Life for Mr. Atsumatsu? Think about, all right, Lauren, is it a ridiculous call because it's too funny of an anime? Or is it just ridiculous enough that it's so funny it has to exist? I'm saying it's the first one. I do not think that it exists. Uh, Lauren, there are <gasps> at least three does. Mr. Osamatsu Bring Me to Life no! AMVs because it's so fucking funny that that exists. Oh my god. Well, <laughs> that's shame the, on most me. Absurd com- <laughs> the most absurdest comedy There right is a video where someone has made a 3D model of Ichimatsu fully lip-synced to Evanescence Bring Me to Life. <gasps> it is a whole music video of Ichimatsu singing Evanescence's Bring Me to Life. 
That uh, is very plus some actual AMVs. But tweet it out, PJ, when this episode comes out. Total vibes, total That's, vibes. Wow. But unfortunately, uh, zero your points, your no puts us at zero points. Wow. That's uh, which is uh, you know the lowest we've had this month. But you've had some strong ones this month, so it's just about coming back next week. Yikes. That's a lot of pressure. But we have a Kawaii success in the book, which is always a great place to end. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Two successes, technically. You're a person too, PJ. (laughs) I am not a person. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) With all of that said, uh, thank you, Lauren, as always, for journeying through a new anime with us this week. Of course. And we hope you had a good time. But more importantly, we hope our listeners had a good time. We hope you guys had a fun time and Osamatsu time, a Kawaii Matsu time, a all the Matsus time. Heck, who knows? Maybe there's even more Matsus time. But until next time, we hope your wait isn't a Kawaii disappointment. I've been PJ. I've been Skylar. I've been Lauren. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.